0: that's hypothetical, hyperthetical, H Y P E R T H E T I C A L.
1: Hey everyone, it's Jillian Claire. Welcome back to Thanks for Coming In. Super honored that you guys are listening to me on week 2 gonna be fun it's gonna be great i think i hope i'm just kind of doing it i don't really know today's episode features my really good friend adam chambers you may know him from ncis la swat disney in general he does a lot of things on there just he's everywhere he's doing a lot of things it's a cool conversation here it is welcome adam chambers Woo! yay it's yay. so nice to hear you it's nice to hear you as well we're it's doing nice this from our rooms
2: hear you yes and we were doing it I thought we were going to do this video so I had my whole room set up I made flowers I um put pants on Aww. Um, I made sure everything was clean it was I really put in some effort and then I clicked on this thing I was like I don't think they are going to see my face I think this is just going to be a, a scene thing so now I can drink I took my pants off and now I can drink
1: <laughs> well you you need to take a picture so that we can see what it looks like I'll yeah, sure.
2: I, I'll do that. I'll
1: do that. Oh, my goodness. It looks very
2: nice right now. Yeah. How, <laughs> how are you? How is everything?
1: I'm good. You know, I've been gardening a lot. I finished a garden in my backyard, like a full like eight by eight area that I like weeded yeah. out. Wow. But the weed fabric down, went to nurseries and bought a bunch of plants and like because it's the only thing open. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I finished an entire garden in like two months, which is great because I've been wanting to do it. But now that it's done um, I'm really bored and I don't know what to do with my life and now I'm doing a podcast because I needed something else to do
2: I feel that I feel that I made I've made um, uh, I'm quite I've become quite the green thumb myself but it's not a, it's not so much in the gardens I I don't have a house so I have like an apartment but I have um, I'm definitely, like, a flower guy. Like, I've gotten really into making flowers. And another thing is I've, I've gotten into – so, like, I'll go and I'll make a big arrangement and a lot of that. But then I go into – it gives me just this insane amount of therapy. And then uh, I did succulents. And I made – and I've been growing them, these little baby ones that I bought, like, months ago before the world ended. And then now <laughs> my baby is eating food. My actual baby is eating, like, like, baby food. Yes. And so I take her little jars and I've replanted them into the baby jars. Oh. And then like tied, you know, made them look like, you know, cute with like string and stuff. It's really. Hey, that's important.
1: adorable. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. It's By the way, cute. I was I was thinking about your daughter today because she's the cutest mm-hmm. thing in the world oh, and you. i knew that i was gonna be speaking with you and um i think that you need to put her in competition to be the next gerber baby i'm just gonna say it right now
2: <laughs> so it's funny you said that we did that this year we were like you know people <gasps> a bunch of people told us that and so because i think she does look like a gerber
3: baby She does.
2: And so we put her in the thing and we realized that there wasn't a super solid chance for winning based on her name just the fact the girl that won last year, her name was Kyrie, and this girl and, and ours is named Kai. So I just felt like that alone wasn't gonna yeah. do it. Uh, they'd be like, "Wait, so, is that the same baby?" <laughs> yeah, they picked a different baby already. So I but, know I know. saw
1: her. That's what that's what brought it up because I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. this baby's adorable!" And then I was like, "Oh my gosh, wait, Kai needs to be this baby." Yeah. Okay, never yeah, mind.
2: Yeah. Try, I'm trying to get her an agent or something. I don't know. I feel like I want to do, that. I wanna, I wanna do it. I want to. She's
1: adorable.
2: Yeah. I don't know any like baby agents though. I don't know baby agents.
1: But... i uh, I I have a friend. I'll, I'll hook you yeah. up.
2: <laughs> you used to do this as a child. You used to do this as a I child.
1: Wasn't, I wasn't a baby, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was. I was like yeah. seven when I got into it. You know,
2: I met. I mean, you you're you're a kid actor who did this as a kid and started doing professional things as a kid. Mm-hmm. I um I met a guy recently who I um who was a teacher and his kid is a, is an actress. And she's like 13 or something. And he's like, he's like, she's actually really good and she's really into it. And he's like, she's just been doing it since she was very little. Like, we just kind of started doing stuff with her as a baby and stuff. But now she's like really actually into it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, no, like her life is set up already. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. Like, he's like, she has college paid for. And then she's got like $200,000 that she's sitting on whenever it's go time.
3: Holy and crud. I was like, what the that hell Coogan happened?
2: He's like, she just, she's just hit some really good commercials and she did them at like six and five and seven, just these ages where like, no one gives a shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and next thing you know, she's got all this money when she's done, like whether she wants yeah. to stay an actress or not, like, it's crazy.
1: Well, I mean, when I, um, cause the Coogan account is what happens when you're right. a, a child actor, you had a certain amount of your money gets put into an account that you can't touch. Your parents can't touch. Nobody can touch until you turn 18. Right. Um, so I had a couple commercials like that when I was a kid. They were just dumb. Like I had a Domino's commercial that got made into like 13 spots. It was my first national and it was like, got you don't know what any
2: of that even means. No,
1: I just like, (laughs) you know, I'm in my trailer and somebody brought me a milkshake and I was like, what is this magical (laughs) land?
2: That Where is the best. That's um, what you know about is that you got paid yeah, in Yeah, I was like,
1: I got a milkshake and a trailer. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those things are awesome. I always say that pizza paid for my car because when I turned 18, I bought my car that I have now because I'm lame and still have the same car that i bought when i was 18 um but i'm obsessed with it and that car has done me well but um pizza paid for my car truly
2: that's really funny that's really great Or you know and and you knew you know a lot of act we know similar we know some same of the some same people too that are in the same kind of boat like yeah they turned 18 and all of a sudden it was like boom just this boatload of influx of money that they didn't necessarily know what to do with
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't know what to do. I didn't have, like, a crap ton, but, like, didn't know what to do with it. I put it into making my web series back then and then, you know, bought my car and put some away and then also decided that free people was my favorite place in the world (laughs) and spent far too much money there. No, 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 no. It's also bad because my mom, like... I love my mom, and she um, definitely enables my shopping habit a little bit. <laughs> so I remember this, like, one time we were at Free People, and she was like, I, there was two dresses that I was looking at, and she was like, just get both. Get both and I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but then I'm spending, like, you know, this much money. And she much. goes, yeah, but, like, YOLO. And I was like, true, mom, true. So there I bought
2: yeah. That's so funny. That's exactly what like. my mom's been with us this whole quarantine time.
3: Oh,
1: really?
2: Um, yeah. she Like, the, the, right when it got weird, I was like, mom, come on up. It's like, I don't know what the hell. And we could use the help, like, baby, like, what we both of us are still trying to do things and stuff. So right. I was like, so mom's been up here the whole time. And she said, she was like, I, I definitely passed on the shopping gene to you because I have too many shoes. And too many. she has that mentality. <laughs> we'll go somewhere. And she's like, she's like, which wine should we get? Oh, I fucking love to
1: yeah, <laughs> like, that's it that's 100% it my mom and I are the exact same way it's like you get the two of us together in a TJ Maxx and it's game over
2: I think that's the thing my wife and my mom miss the most is. is oh yeah like home goods home go- t- you, yes. you put that thing on Instagram the other day you were like home I, goods I miss you so much I
1: do I miss yeah. home goods so much that's literally yeah. gonna be the first place I go to when it opens again yeah. like half my, my ha- house is home goods
2: so my mom is very um my mom is like Un- my mom and my wife are both very talented, but my mom is like unreal, like as far as her um, her like making things ability. Uh-huh. Um, she used to have like a bridal salon, so she's like she she's come along. She she can make anything. She can make she makes a lot of Sean and I's suits for our band. She no can make way anything.
1: she makes your yeah. suits.
2: She makes a lot of our suits. She makes like the most complicated ones too. So she's made like she makes Kai like couture outfits, like unbelievable oh my outfits. Like so most she's of the, stuff the I designer her,
1: behind all of these amazing photos I've seen of your yes, baby.
2: She's the one that like makes her look amazing like all the time, and so she's. But like fabric stores, when this first thing happened, they weren't open. Yeah, they've only recently started to open to like pick up stuff. Um, and so it's like different, especially for my mom. Who, so my mom has brought her whole like we have like a sweatshop in my apartment right now. Like she <laughs> is literally like has like a whole line going up. But oh, she no. has she um she didn't know what to do, so she went to Target. She really wanted. She loves making things for pies, so she went to Target and she couldn't find any material. So she bought from Magnolia Farms, she bought a shower curtain and a placemat. She made her a romper out of a Magnolia Farms placemat. No, she the,
1: didn't.
2: It is the chicest, cutest, prettiest thing oh you've my ever gosh. seen. <laughs> like,
1: you need to create an Instagram for your mom of like all the I things know. that she turns into cute baby outfits.
2: I keep telling her that. I'm like, mom, you're so this good. Is at this is a whole like, yeah. new
1: yeah. area of Instagram that we could it's launch right now.
2: I know. It's unbelievable.
1: Okay, so let's get on topic here.
2: <laughs> Sorry, we just had to I catch know. up. We had to catch up. We
1: it's... had to do the catch up phase of life yeah. because nobody can be social right now. Um, well, not social in person, social over this program, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I met you when I was 19. I think are I. We, are
2: we, are still a teen. Still a teen. Yeah. yeah, you were 19. You were definitely I, 19.
1: I turned 19 on set. That's right. We did a movie yeah. called The Kitchen together forever mm-hmm. and a half ago. And okay. then we did another movie called Pretty Broken. And then we did another hey, movie called out. Hey. And then we did another one called To the Beat, Back to School. And yep. so we have a little bit of a pact going on how many films we can do together. But you Correct. do a crap ton of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like constantly doing stuff. So tell me a little bit about um the show with Adam and Sean.
2: Uh, so the show with Adam and Sean, which was going to be the next thing that we were hopefully going to have you be part of at some point here, um, the show with Adam and Sean is a my comedy band. I'm in like a musical comedy duo with my best friend Sean. We've been a band for whew, like six six years. We've been best friends for probably eighteen years. Um, we've been playing music together for you know probably most of the time, but we really started hitting the ground running hard with the band probably six years ago, five six years ago. Um, and we have played thousands of shows. We've realized that now, which is crazy. Um, and we have music videos and, and, and we play a lot of shows. So playing live is definitely our thing. Um, so that's been weird, um, cause we don't get to do that. Um, we have started to figure out how to make our, you know, we're gonna, we're working on an album, um, right now uh that's finally, something that we sh- finally should be doing and so we were like we should be we should be making the album you know I think we really wanted to perfect the the live act and the live act has just gotten mm-hmm. so good I feel like over these last handful of years um it's so good I weeks. like
1: bust up laughing every time I see you guys what is that one song about the girl with the tiny hand
2: yes it's called Poseidon um yes, and that song uh, it's about me. going on a date with a girl with a little <laughs> hand uh <laughs> so and uh there's so many histories with that song. It's one of our older songs. We we have about fifty songs. Uh, you have and, fifty uh,
1: songs. Jeez we do.
2: We really do. And we it's funny about Poseidon. Because Poseidon for so long was kind of like our oh, was like our big home run hit. And then you play long enough, and the world adapts, and humor changes, mm-hmm. and that song really pushes some people's buttons these days.
1: It does. Um, oh my gosh! It makes me yeah. think of the Kristen Wiig character on I, I Saturday agree. Night I, I, Live, I, I, and it just kills I, me.
2: I totally agree, but there's just a lot of times where people are like, "No, no, that one bothered me a lot." Especially now, in the last couple of years, it's gotten a little more weird. But but it's still a, a huge hit for the people that are that just have a nice, sturdy sense of humor. Um,
1: that song just is the best. Yeah, <laughs>
2: thank you. We we've just we we our whole thing we 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 try to make songs that that relate to a lot of different people in a lot of situations. Um, kind of everything's off the table as far as like what is offensive or anything like that. We're not trying to offend anybody. But we are trying to have a good time. We're sort of like a we're like a really good dirty band. Um, and we're like a really good bar band. Um, we've been playing we've played all over the place. We've played all over the country too now, which is crazy.
1: That's crazy. I, I love you guys. Yeah. If you guys are ever in town, um, where they're playing, you should see them when all this stuff goes back Please. to normal. If we ever go back yep. to normal, hopefully we do. We soon. did do it.
2: We, we we did a special last year and I just uh started we put together like and we actually shot it with multi cameras and just did ourselves and we had a nice big packed house oh my and God. uh really gotta release so we put that those, we, put the, we put clips up on youtube so there's a couple clips from that so there's a couple different songs from that special up on up on youtube so you can watch it just we just kind of figured the best way was just kind of put them up in songs um especially with youtube just kind of in like these three four minute bits um but you can see what the band's up and it's great and i it, you know it means the world to me the band so
1: i love it um Okay. So take me back. When did you decide that you wanted to be an actor? Like, what was it? What happened? Because there, there's so many different origin stories of actors. So what totally. was yours?
2: Mine was very young. I started acting when I was about four, four, four or five. Uh, my mom was an actress in San Diego and she was involved in a really big, uh, like a really big church presbyterian church and they just had like this big you know big service they would do and they had this group of actors that were part of the sunday service that would always put on like a scene that was like related to whatever the 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 pastor was talking about Mm -hmm. um some sort of contemporary thing, and then they'd also put on like plays throughout the year like alice in wonderland or something like that but anytime they needed like a kid actor my mom threw me into the mix.
1: Um, <laughs> you were the and, sacrificial uh, lamb of the children yeah, totally. of the yeah, church. Totally.
3: <laughs>
2: totally. So she'd throw me into the mix. And, uh, you know, it was a big church, you know, it was, it was a service of like hundreds. So that just gets your blood going in that way that you become sort of addicted. Um, and it really was kind of from there. It was uh, at that point on, I mean, I started just doing community theater and started doing plays at school and you know, was like the lead of the plays at school when I was in elementary school and then just went to – I went to a performing arts junior high and then a performing arts high school and then I went to a performing arts college. And
1: You just – you had the straight been, bug, man.
2: It has been my whole life. I, I started doing the math the other day and it was something crazy like, uh, you know, like 150 plays or something like that that I've been involved in, 200 plays or something.
1: It just – it weirds me out knowing that I've been – and for you too, we've both mm-hmm. been actors longer than like we haven't, and that's oh crazy. my god by
2: like a significant yeah amount. by a significant yeah. amount.
1: Our entire life has been acting, which is so crazy when you think about it.
2: It it really is, and you start to see it in a you know you it starts to catch up. And now I've lived in L.A. Now this was this year was my year of like half my life. So and I moved to L.A. Obviously to, to be an actor, I moved to L.A. to, to to go to acting school and everything like that so this was the year that like when I turned 18 I moved to LA and so like Mm. I that was so this was that shift over so it's kind of crazy to be like oh my god I've already been here longer than I've been where I'm from
1: that's that happened to me a few years back because we moved here when I was eight Uh so it's been it's been almost 20 years which is crazy that we've lived here that's
2: that's that's exactly what it is almost 20 years
1: it's, it's bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. so you went, so you went to school in LA for performing arts and then, then what, like what was the first big thing that you got?
2: Um, I had a really cool experience actually. I was really lucky. I got, um, I mean like first paid gig was, um, so at the school that I was at there, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and they mm-hmm. did, I, They did like the company, which is like, it's a two year program. And then there's a third year program. And when that program is over, the third year, one they do a showcase for like agents and managers and casting directors, and um and I'll never forget this. I was I was in my um apartment. It was the day after the casting or the day after the showcase,
3: mm-hmm. and I
2: got a phone call from a casting director who was like, "I saw you last night at that showcase. Would you like to come in today for an audition? I think you'd be right for it." It was for a commercial. It was, and I was like, "What the hell? Like this is crazy." This is <laughs> like day one out of this thing, and um and it was for um. And it was for Bluebell ice cream, which is like a southern ice cream. Oh
1: my gosh, I love bluebell ice cream.
2: And I didn't even I had no idea. I'm not from there. I didn't have a clue. And so was I was like, sure, sure, sure. So I went in <laughs> and um I I, I I I was so stupid. I read for the wrong part and <laughs> and then he was like, No, just go outside, read through the rolls like okay, cool. So I came back in, just thought totally I fucked it up and then he, um, I got a call like the next day that, uh, they tapped Hartley me and they put me in SAG. I, I flew oh to Texas. Gosh. I know I flew to Texas like three days later, I was in SAG and like, I had just signed with an agent from the same showcase. So I was able to go to that showcase as that agent, be like I'm already in SAG now. And, um, yeah, that was crazy. I was like flown to a different state on my first job, like a day after school. It was ridiculous. Yeah. That's that crazy. I have like.
1: I've only been flown to a different state like twice in my whole career. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, no, it was really wild. It was really wild. And my dad is from. My dad lives in the city in Austin, where it was from, where it was filmed. So it was also cool to like go back there, and then like I could like extend my trip. It was just really trippy. It was so crazy, but that was my. If that's not a sign of
1: like, hey, you should be doing this, I don't know what is. I know it was a trip,
2: and then like the first like show on television that I got was uh was uh Days of Our Lives.
1: You were on days?
2: I've been on days so yeah, yes. Yes. Wait, yes, why I didn't have I know days. this? So I got like I played like this skeezy drug dealer on my first episode of Days of Our Lives. Like I was selling drugs to one of those What of year guys.
1: was this? Wait a second. What year was this?
2: <sighs> this would have been two thousand five or six Something like that. It's five or six. Yeah, I sold drugs in okay. an episode by a by a boat or like by the okay. dock, and <laughs> then um and then years later, about a year about a year later, they um they had me come in and test. This wasn't going to be the story I was going to tell, but they had me come in and test for a series regular on the show, and um I uh, went through a bunch of rounds. I ended up getting it, and then that day they ended up changing their mind.
3: And oh my god! So
2: I had quit my job, and then I ended up. <gasps> so I ended up not getting the role. I was like at ten in the morning. My agent called me. and like, "You got it." And then at three p.m. that day, they were like, "Sorry, we lied. Somebody changed your mind." It was crazy. And so oh, it, was like three year, it was like a three-year. It was a three-year contract <laughs> thing. It was. I walked out of my job like middle finger in the air and everything like that.
1: You're like, and like
2: Yeah, I was like bitter bitches, and then um, <laughs> I got. Um, I got the so, but then like. Like, maybe, like, I don't know, a few months later, four or five months later, the the casting director felt, like, I must have felt really bad because yeah. of how terrible that was. And they offered me this role on days for, I think I was in, like, six more episodes, and I played, like, this, like, bellhop in um, in Salem.
3: That's amazing. It, funny,
2: funny little bellhop role. It paid, at the time, this was before it was SAG-AFTRA.
1: Yeah, it, paid, it was only AFTRA.
2: It was only after, so it mm-hmm. paid for like my Aftra and stuff like that, because I wasn't had any interest. I didn't have any reasons to be in Aftra really, at the time, and so it like got me in that and got that done. So it was a weird story, but I played like this funny bellhop, and,
1: you know. So funny, yeah. I remember, I I totally like I blanked out of my mind the fact that Aftra used to be different because with Nickelodeon, Disney, and soap operas that was all Aftra. So if you ever booked a job after. on there. You were kind of screwed out of residuals for a bit which sucks
3: yep
2: yeah totally
1: um okay so you did days of our you did days of our lives which is just bizarre to me that i never knew this um, yeah
2: days of our lives i did i did probably I think, so I everyone think i know every has time. been
1: on days then basically <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. that's my life everyone i know
2: yeah, yeah yeah
0: you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast
2: and how he rose from nothing to become
3: New York's King of the Egg Cream.
2: So if you like funny, true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Um, okay, so then you did Days, you're working, you're auditioning, you're doing all this stuff. So what's your, what's your big one-that-got-away story? Oh my God!
2: I mean, I, I they're like you just that one just sort of happened when I was talking with days, but like there's so many and there's so many different ones where I've gotten close and or lost weight or whatever, blah blah blah. Um, but definitely the one I always tell like students and like kind of the one that always sort of just comes to the forefront of the brain. Um, uh, I, I don't because I, you were like you're like you don't have to tell what it is. I don't give a shit. I'll totally tell what it is because this is exactly what happened. Um. And, I love it. And, Let it
1: out. Let it out as yeah, a therapy session. For sure.
2: So I went on the, my agent. My agent at the time was like, Do you know um, sign language? And I said, uh, No. And they were like, Well, we have a client that's on our roster who's like a psychiatrist to deaf people. You could go to him and he could teach you the sides uh, in sign language. And I was like, Oh, sure, wow. cool. Because he was like, "It's a good role and it's a good opportunity mm-hmm. and stuff." And I was like, "Okay, sure." So I go to this guy's office down on like Wilshire and like right in Century City, like or right in the mid city area, and um, and I, he has a beautiful office, and I would sit there for like an hour. I paid the guy like thirty, forty bucks or something like that, and um, and hey, he That's a me good deal.
1: It.
2: No, totally. But it was like he <laughs> was also like, "This is my agent," you know. It was like his agent as well, so he obviously didn't want to screw me to it, so. He um, was there for like an hour or something, and he taught me. I mean, at the end of the day, like I had these two big monologues, like big, big monologues that I had to learn, a couple other lines. Um, so at the end of the day, I'm really learning like a, a hand dance, right? I'm not learning sign language, I'm learning moves for this. And right, so you're just memorizing um,
1: the specific just Memorizing size.
2: this specific like stuff. Exactly. Um, I don't actually have to know it, you know, I just have to know the memorization of it. And it was one of those rare ones where I, I, I had like five days, you know, before it. Whoa. Um, <laughs> you had know, five like, days
1: before an audition?
2: Excuse it me? was like a weird four or five day thing. I knew I had a weekend. I remember that for sure. And um, I, I'll, every part of this is so clear. I remember I would go to, um, it was at Paramount um, and it was at those trailers on that Lemon Grove side of Paramount that right when, where you check in. And I went into those trailers, and I get in. There was like a two two or three guys in the little waiting area there. Uh, girl comes out. She's kind of young. She she brings me in eventually. Um, <laughs> and I do the scene for her. And I do the scene for her. And, and she says, she literally, the first thing she goes, you're not deaf? And I was like, no. And then she goes, I've only seen deaf people. And that was the best one. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, that's oh great. Uh, like, what do we do okay. now? <laughs> so, like, what do we do now? And she goes, can you just do it again one more time? I just need it. So we do it again. I do it again. She goes, okay, hold on a second. And she leaves the room. And she brings this guy back in the room. And we sit and we talk and we meet and we we converse. And she's the writer, director and and stuff. And so then we start talking about uh, football and we start casually talking. And I do the scene for him. And he says the same thing. He's like, yes that's exactly thank wait, you wait so and this he, is
1: like, this is like the writer that they've brought in
2: he was like in another room in this trailer this How trailer is, like a is that too thing. he's the writer and he's the director and he's like gonna come in the he's like they she went into the room to go get him was like you need to see this part
1: wow okay all right super
2: weird so i do it for them and or him and then he le- he was like yes definitely we're gonna be in touch for sure so he leaves the room she then says to me, I'll never forget this. She goes, oh, can you go outside and smoke a cigarette? And I was like, what? And then she's like, I need to smoke a cigarette. And I was like, I was like in my brain, I was like, I don't smoke cigarettes. But I was like, totally, for sure, Hunter. I will <laughs> smoke every cigarette. I will
1: cigarette do that right now. <laughs> I'll
2: smoke all of these cigarettes that you have. And so we went out. There was dudes in the lobby still.
3: And oh, her no. and I are sitting
2: outside this trailer smoking cigarettes. And she is telling me. You're it. This is it. I'm so excited. She's just shooting me so hard on this stuff. And oh my I was God. Hey, like, okay, what the hell is happening? So I leave. My agent calls me like that day or the next day. And he's like, Yeah, this is happening. You did whatever you did was right on. So they start telling me that I'm going to like where I'm going to go and how much I'm going to make and like this whole thing.
1: All the and beautiful like, okay. things that you love to hear, where you're like, "Oh, I'm yeah, gonna do yeah, this. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 Oh, my career's and finally so, gonna pay off.
2: Yeah, and so then um, a couple of days later, uh, I get a call from my agent, and they're like, um, "The Deaf Association is. Uh, I'm happy that a deaf actor is playing a deaf role, and uh, you're not gonna get it. And the movie turned out to be There Will Be Blood."
1: oh my god
2: Day-Lewis. yeah crazy
1: oh mm-hmm. that hurt. all
2: all i knew at the time was my sides and i knew that i was to play daniel day lewis's son and i thought there's a enough of a resemblance that i could see how that could have worked um and uh and i knew i'd be, be playing a, a deaf person um and um and then and then that happened and so then i never saw like for so so then the movie you know then i moved on with my life just like i just right. do like yeah. we just go back to work and we go back to acting and we go back to whatever at that point it was just a lost audition it was like it was like a year later you know then all of a sudden in the newspaper and like online everything's like the greatest movie that's ever been made in the history of all movies yeah Is it's this like the movie? only went,
1: thing people are talking about
2: And I was like, oh, this is that fucking movie. (laughs) It's like, it's not like Daniel Day-Lewis is in a lot of movies. He's in like one time every blue moon. So you know it's that movie. And then I was like, so I didn't, I ended up not watching that movie for a really, really long time. Um,
1: I don't blame you. There's certain things that I still can't watch because I'm still like too, not bitter, just like upset that I wasn't part of, you know?
2: So so, I ended up watching it eventually. Someone's like, "You really should watch it." And so I ended up watching it eventually and, and getting to like the scenes that my character would have been in and stuff. And it is one of those ones where you sit back and you go, "You know, I, there's nothing to take away from the person that did it. Good good job on them, whatever." It's just an unfortunate. It's one of those weird ones where you sit back and go, "Oh man, that that one stung. That one stung. Yeah,
1: that one hurt. That left that- a definite mark."
2: that one stung good that one stung good and it was one of those weird stings because it hits you first and then you forget about it and then it comes out and it's like amazing and it wins like every academy award and you're like oh that's exactly what i was hoping for thank you
1: (laughs) you're like great that's that's what i wanted in my life at this point it's so it's weird to be an actor because that does happen where you have these amazing like experiences and then you get screwed and then a year later you deal with that emotion again and you're like wait a second I thought I was through this
2: yeah yeah totally that part is I I try to say that to students all the time about that it's just exact that situation like I could give you many of these stories when you told me this and I was like oh there's so many there's so many not just like oh you were close but you lost for dumb reasons you lost because they suddenly decided to make the whole cast black or something like something you can't control. Something that's way out of your scope. Um, and so they change
1: producers, they decide they that producers. you look too much like the other person. It's just, there's Correct. so much not in your control and you have to be chill about it.
2: And you have to realize that if you quit, those opportunities don't happen. And so that is it for me is like, you just have to be able to sit back and go, okay, but if I had stopped acting, um, I don't get this close again, or I don't get this job, or I don't get this next one, or I don't get this next one. And then weird ones do happen where all of a sudden you book them out of nowhere and you're like, what the hell happened?
1: You know what <laughs> you're mean? like, excuse me, what now? You, you talking to me? That just happened
2: so fast. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had that, I had a weird experience when I was younger where it was like, I went in for an audition in the morning, and then a call back two hours later, and then I was testing for the pilot by 4 p.m., and it was just the most bizarre thing. It was like whiplash, big time. Yep.
2: yep that The pilot I just did, I was, I, I got the phone call that, it was a Wednesday night at like 8.30. My agent's like, sorry, last second, it's coming in now, are you available at 9 o'clock in the morning tomorrow? I was like, for an audition? She was like, yeah. <laughs> And she was like, she was like, yeah, but and if if you get it, it starts right away. And I was like, sure, okay. So they sent it sides, and there's a decent amount. So not tons, but a decent amount. And then I went in and I got it, and I was I was in the room at like nine thirty, and then I was on the lot at eleven fifteen.
1: My lord! I had booked
2: it, and we're starting working.
1: That is so and quick! Holy crap! It
2: was the quick. I got. I went home. As I was leaving the room, they were like, make sure your cell phone's near you. And like, <laughs> okay. And so then they were like, and then like I got home, right when I got home, my, my agent's like, you got to go back to the studio right now. And you have to start now. And then I started, like when I got to the room, when I got to the soundstage, they were like, hi, yes, you're Adam, right? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, so you're just going to go over here. This is going to be your room. We're going to probably get to your scene here in the next like three or four minutes. And I was like, oh my God. Oh <laughs> like, my God. God. What?
1: <laughs> that is was so like, quick. Whoa.
2: I was like, do I have other lines or scenes? Because all I have is this. <laughs> do you I have only, a script? What is I've happening? I've only been given this. And she goes, no, you're just in that scene. That's great. That's all you need. No sick coke. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, then the next week of your life, you're there every day. And it was like, just so fast. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. That's absolutely, mm-hmm. that's so bizarre that it's just, it oh, wow. happened that quickly. Wow. Quickest like ever. Okay. Well, that was, um, that was quite the story. Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis, I one. Oof. Oof, just like so the...
2: Paul Thomas Anderson was the guy they brought in the room.
1: Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Holy crap!
2: I didn't even under i I didn't know. Like I didn't because they didn't tell me any of that stuff, and and it was like, "Hey, this is Paul." and I was like, "Yeah, Paul." Like I was just like, like "I didn't know." Oh, hi, Paul. Paul <laughs> well, it was also like you got to think like when this happened like it's it's weird to say this cuz i am a little bit older but when this did happen um i'm not we've been acting in la for about the same time but like uh, i'm just older than you but like the the um we didn't have the ability to just look up anything all the time at any moment right, right. i'm not even no. sure like my phone did much more than make a phone call at that point
1: mm-hmm. when
2: this hey, was hey
1: probably that played moment. Snake, so that was a good thing. Yeah,
2: exactly. It did, you know. I mean, it certainly <laughs> wasn't able. I certainly didn't have an IMDb app. No, you no, know no. What I mean? no. So, you
1: could have just like looked
2: that, it up really quick. No, and like there wasn't a thing. So it was like I just was like, oh, this is Paul. Okay, like you know what I mean. Like I was like, sure, this is my the, the director. Like there wasn't when you get a sides now or you get an audition. Like, there's so much information on those pages that you can like 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 you can snoop you know, on everybody. Well,
1: right, you know everything by the time you go into that room. You know, like. Right the freaking director's mother's middle name like (laughs) right
2: exactly exactly
1: wow well that is um that's bizarre i can't believe you met paul thomas anderson and even know as paul thomas anderson but i probably wouldn't either because to be honest i don't think i even know what he looks like
2: exactly exactly unless i'm sitting there like looking up directors yeah you're not gonna
1: like memorize directors faces unless you know you do Mm -hmm. that which if you do Mm -hmm. good for you yeah, um, some people do, but I just yeah, I, I <laughs> Go for doing. it, man. Um, But you're also, okay, so let's go to the present now. So you just did that pilot, Perfect. which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you guys will be able to get back to work soon. Um, I hope so. But you're also, and this is something that I've loved about knowing you, is that you're the artistic director for Loft Ensemble. Mm-hmm. And that's cool as hell. And you guys just mm-hmm. announced a new play. What is that?
2: So, Um, Well, it's a mix of things, actually. So we, we, um, you know, loft is uh, obviously closed, like a lot of things. So we have had to uh, reconfigure a lot of things about how we are going to be doing things when things come back. Um, But also being a teacher myself at a college, I teach at the college I went to, um, they were just about to graduate. And every year they they do these graduation plays and you get, you know, as a director, you get pinned with a group of, of actors or actresses and, and you do the play. And they do a full production with light, sound, set, and everything like that. And unfortunately, this is this has happened right when th- this really exciting time that they're supposed to do this. Um, and um, you know, they were all supposed to be like almost. We were probably we would be been at this point right now. We'd probably be almost ha- almost done with all of the plays, and they would be graduating like a week and a half from now.
3: Oh, so um, sad.
2: It's very sad and they graduated the Dolby. Like it's a thing, right? Oh it's gosh. a big old deal. It's a thing where the Oscars are and everything like that. It's really sad. And so um, so every play has just kind of been put on hold and we're just sort of waiting to figure out what the, what the deal is can be. And so I, um, uh, with my uh, assistant director and, and, and friend, who's also kind of helped me a lot over the last year or two, we've worked together a lot with a lot of things. I had this idea when my daughter was born, um, about a play when my daughter was born, I was just so blown away by nurses. Not that I shouldn't have been before, but I just don't spend a lot of time in hospitals. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. So when my daughter was born at the maternity ward, it just was this incredible, incredible place. And, and it was the women were so amazing. And so I, um, uh, I was sitting there at this nurse's station. I was like, this looks like a set. And so then I just went into like full director brain and started asking every, an actor brain to start asking every nurse that came in by me a question about anything. And I was just so like overwhelmed with how beautiful and amazing these women were and, and their story and, and how, um, and I think having a daughter, but I've done a lot of shows in the last couple of years that have been really like about women in general and just really wanting to make sure that Uh, you know not only just like paying respect because that's not really what the point of it is it's not about paying respect that's respect (laughs) but it's it's um um it's telling these stories and not telling them from a guy's perspective but just telling these stories and just being really moved by by the power of women I you know my mom and my wife and and my daughter and and a bunch of yourself women that I just look up to I think are just very powerful people and um and so the story is called Code Pink, and a code pink is when a baby is stolen from a hospital. That's oh, a no. real thing.
3: No, it's a real
2: thing. Yeah, and it's it's a crazy thing that it has a code <laughs> and like it's a thing uh, that yeah. goes above the- and I just find the phrasing code Does it pink happen so adorable often? <laughs> that's the first question I had was like, Does this happen a lot? And they were like, oh One God. you know, one lady's like, I've been here for fifteen years, it never happened. But they okay. put this monitor on your baby when they're born, um, that if they get even close to an elevator, the whole code pink happens. And there's like oh wow, 15 different codes that a hospital has code black, right. code purple code, everything means a different things. But code pink also happens to mean that. So I wrote this play about these women that centers around that concept mm-hmm. around the idea of this eventually happening, but it's really about the women and about like these amazing heroic People that put on these brave faces that might also have a bunch of other things going on in their life that you don't see, and so it's not just about the nurses; it is about women in general. So it's about the people that are giving birth, it's about the volunteers, it's about the doctor, but all of them are women. So there's 13 women in this play, Um, and wow, that's so cool. The girls that are all cast, they were so we were originally given a completely different play. And with this whole thing that's happened in the world, I just said, "What an opportunity for us to to, to try to engage creatively and mm-hmm. scrap the play we were gonna do because that isn't gonna work very well in this setting." And let's look at like writing together and working together. Um, and they get to kind of create these characters that we, so we wrote for them, so they're all right for them too. They're not playing like any no you know no twenty year old girl is playing an eighty year old or anything out of there. Everyone's playing their types everyone's playing that stuff. Um, and it's a really beautiful story. So I'm really excited because when, so we'll do this as like a graduation play, um, whenever that can happen. And then when that is done, we will then take it to loft and do it there as well. So all these girls get to not just do this one time performance, but in whatever capacity that means, whether it is it ends up being online or it ends up being, you know, for no audience at school, um, <laughs> at some point, you know, I have certainly made the the promise to them that, that they will be able to do this play, you know, for audiences for many, many weeks, which is really exciting.
1: That's so cool. I love that you've taken this awful time and have put your energy towards something that's, like, highlighting the people who are actually on the front lines. I think that's really cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, someone, someone asked about that. Like, they were like, is it about the coronavirus? And I was like, you know, I didn't really want it to be about that, um, to be honest. Uh, I think we have enough of that. It, it, and, it, and that wasn't what inspired the idea in the first place. The What inspired the idea in the first place was just that these women that do these amazing things. And 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 we have now been, as a whole society, been reminded of that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's true. You know,
2: We've been reminded of these people that are going to work every day and doing this insanity that's just got to be the most insane thing ever. And the thing about the maternity ward, the thing about the maternity ward, which is so fascinating about a hospital when I was there, was it... Is the only place that consistently is bringing positive.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: it yes, of course, it has negatives, but it it's it's not a situation. You know, people are happy to go to the maternity ward. Um, the people that work there are happy to work there. Um, a lot of the nurses talk about that exact thing. How they you know they're like, once I got my, once I got moved to maternity, I'll never give this place up. They're like, I don't want to work anywhere else.
3: Because they're like, there's,
2: there's so much positive there. People are choosing to have a baby. You know what I mean? People are, are making a choice to be there and come to this. Obviously, there's terrible things that happen, but it's not the same thing of like the cancer ward or something like that. You know what I mean? Um,
1: I love yeah. that. I think that's so sweet and so special.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm really, really, really excited about it. My uh, the, the girl that I wrote the play with, her name is Jana, Jana Hamblin, another actress and director who's just great. And so we're working together, which is really cool. Um, and uh, it's a really personal piece. It has personal stories. it has personal things from when we were there, things when she was there, stories from the nurses that were there when we did it. you know my whole goal hopefully would be able to go back at some point to those nurses that at the hospital that we were at and let them know that you know when when I was there I told them this, but they meet so many people. I was like, I promise you, I'm gonna write a play about you guys one day, and you know, to be able to go back and be able to tell them and be like, yo, there is a play, and you can all come see it now. You know, I think that's really cool.
1: That's so cool, and I think what you should also do is take your now amazing florist skills and, and bring them, <laughs> yeah, bring them a bouquet Put it all to work. and yeah, say, come yeah. to this play. That ticket, is really awesome. Ticket, <laughs> yeah. ticket. Oh my gosh, you could mm-hmm. attach the tickets to each flower and yeah. give it to them. Oh my gosh. Now we're talking. I'll help you. I did, I,
2: I, did, <laughs> I did want to make sure that because like whenever because whatever the ends up happening, I, I I do kind of believe that it's sort of the which is exciting that I do believe this is just sort of the beginning stages of this play. Because I think it's the, it's uh, what we've created as a story is very universal and can kind of be done timelessly and sort of anywhere. Uh, as long as you just have 13 actresses, you can do this play. Um, and, and it's sort of an agreement.
1: 13 actress- actresses everywhere. <laughs> One hundred percent, and that's a big
2: part of it. Was like teaching at a college, just finding the the discrepancy between how many more female actresses there were than than males by a significant margin, and they were just always running out of plays to be able to do for the girls. And I was like, well, then let's make them a play that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like,
3: Aww. let's make
2: them a play that that's that's great that they can t- sort of timelessly engage in, and each one of them gets these beautiful big monologues where they just get to like kind of open up and get to really kick ass too so it's like every no parts smaller you know what i mean um it's really sort of equal which is also very exciting and i just think it's the beginning and and i sort of made a deal with all the girls and and janna in the beginning that was like whenever any of you wanted to do this if you wanted to do this and go back to wherever bill you're from and do this play you're free to do it i'm not going to expect any money from it I only just require that you tell nurses and doctors that they can come see this play for free. That's the only thing I say that you have to be able to do. And so, I just want to be able to make this thing. So it's called Code Pink and it, it, it's it's something really special. I think it could be something really cool.
1: That's so awesome. Congrats. That's yeah. like it's it's really cool to see something like that right now happening. It just I love that people are actually using their creative juices and like Keeping that side of you sane, because I know it's yeah. very hard when we're all locked in our houses to try and keep that that creative being. I'll tell
2: you, it really is. I mean, I I had such a whirlwind <laughs> teaching like this for a while, and it was like a big part of what kind of inspired. going. I had the idea, but it was it was it was teaching online for a couple of months here now, and seeing what they really needed and what was working and what was effective and. You know, besides just structure and doing, like you said, like even doing something like what you're doing right now with this podcast and being able to, like you said, like put pants on and clean my room <laughs> like,
1: yeah like just like make myself look like i'm gonna go on audition or something and like sit at my desk right
2: because now it's something. not just for, now we've we've been on for 40 45 minutes or whatever it's not just that it's, it's 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 the time before my wife goes adam you're literally 30 minutes early to your meeting i was <laughs> like uh i know <laughs> like, Jesus.
1: that's it's very just, typical i love it <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. She's like, she's like, you're so early. I was like, well, I'm always early, but now she's like. But it's no, also you're just early. like
1: having something to look forward to is amazing yeah. right now.
2: <laughs> it is, and it gives people something to to feel good about in in, a, in such a strange, strange moment.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's always nice to speak with you. You know, I love I you guys. Um,
2: I just love this. Thank you. So,
1: where can everybody find you on the on the whole social media? So if you go,
2: yeah, if you go to, uh, Adam underscore chambers and then seven, just the number seven, uh, that's at Instagram, Adam underscore, uh, chambers seven and, uh, the show with Adam and Sean, of course, you can type that into anything, the show with Adam and Sean. Um, those are all the, the good things. If you go on the Instagram, I just like, uh, recently posted a picture of the, of the code pink thing. Um, the image and stuff and uh, if you post it and tag me I will absolutely I've been retagging everybody so um, and, and redoing everything because I think it's I think it's cool to just see people like being excited about the project so yay so thank you
1: of course thank you so much for coming on
2: of course
1: I'll talk to you soon thanks Adam
3: Bye.
1: bye that was super fun. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I cannot wait to see Code Pink. I think that's going to be dope. When that finally opens, we should get a group of people together to go see it. So tweet me if you live in LA and we'll, we'll plan it. We'll get a bunch of people together. Thanks again for listening and tune in next week. I'll have Michael Campion on the show from Fuller House and he has a pretty wild story that I can't wait to share with you. And as always, thanks for coming in.